welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now I'm podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're covering... Valiant High. Uh, yeah, way back before the series uh, was completed, or at least this first volume of it, we actually, or I actually did an interview with uh, Daniel Kibblesmith, the writer of the series... But we had some time in between and wanted to talk about teen superheroes, which is one of our favorite topics. That it is. Valiant High is a four-issue miniseries written by Daniel Kibblesmith with art by Derek Charm, color by David Barron, and letters by Simon Boland. And it really doesn't have a numbered universe because Valiant doesn't do that, more or less. Like, from what I understand, and I have not read a lot of Valiant, so both Devin and I are a bit out of our element here. Um, yep. We're just going to be approaching this as is. There are a few things that I looked up just because it was of interest and I wanted to see, like, what this is a reference to. Because a lot of the stuff is overt or it doesn't necessarily matter. Yes. And so... The story takes place at Valiant High, a school where extraordinary students become extraordinary people. And all the students end up wearing uh, school badges that inhibit their powers. And it sort of, in teen movie style, bounces between a few different characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one is Amanda McKee, who generally in the Valiant Universe goes by Livewire. She has the ability to talk to machines, and her best friend is Faith Herbert, also known by Zephyr. And uh, they're both geeky nerds, and they have teen problems. Amanda is worried about her driving test, but she's also trying to deal with her emotions uh, because she is attracted to Eric Dacia, who is the star running back for the Mano Wars, which is the Valiant High football team. And his best friend is John Torkelson, a.k.a. Tork, who is the quarterback. While walking through the hallway, Tork knocks away the papers of Peter Stanchek, who doesn't have a nickname, and he accidentally activates his powers uh, in front of Coach Bloodshot, who is the coach and who is also a Bloodshot, so, you know, generic, over-the-top gym teacher, and he ends up getting sent to detention, even though the uh, inhibitor did not work on his powers. When the fracas ends, uh, Chris Hathaway, who's another student, ends up helping him to pick up his papers, but uh, Peter is attracted to her and is unable to say anything, so she walks away after helping him out. Teen problems. Teen issues. Meanwhile, in biology class, Obadiah Archer gets told off for messing with Ripped and Claude, who are... Two iguanas, and this is one of the things I looked up, because it's like they call attention to it, but I have no idea what they are. And apparently Ripped and Clawed were from a old, like, Bob Layton uh, miniseries of comics about two dinosaurs who were anthropomorphic and were also rude. And the teacher of this biology class is Dr. Mirage. Eric Henderson, aka Quantum, uh, it's noted that his brother Woody is missing. Amanda is meanwhile daydreaming in class about leaving the school, and that's when Charlene Dupree, who used to be Amanda's best friend, who also goes by a flamingo, uh, 
is uh, texting, so Amanda uses her powers to text I want to sniff your butt to the person who she was texting to, and that's when the new student, Kalan King, shows up, who is ambiguously Japanese and British, because he is the teen version of Ninjak. And he sits right next to Peter Sanchek after noticing Gillard. And uh, you know about Ninjak, Devin? Nope. Here, I'll go over the people that I was actually vaguely aware of in this book. I know who Faith is, I know who Quantum and Woody is, are, and then, though there was no goat, sadly, in this book, and I know Archer and Armstrong. Do you know Quantum Beyond and that, Woody? I, oh, no, and, and Bloodshot. Uh, I know who that is. Do you know about Quantum and Woody just because of my shirt? No. Oh, because I'm coincidentally wearing my Quantum and Woody shirt today. Oh, no, I've actually read some of their comics. Yeah, I, I really liked the... Uh... Trying to remember the name of the series, there is a crossover between them and Archer and Armstrong. But like there's a lot of stuff that I haven't read. Like Valiant is one of those things where there's so many pockets of the universe that you could get into and uh you don't necessarily have to read all of it. Really until very recently I was under the impression you didn't really need to read any other of it. Well they've been doing some crossovers lately. Yeah. Oh and Exo Manowar. I know what that is. I have a yeah. couple issues of that that a friend gave me once. Yeah, Exo Manowar is one of those comics that like you seem to pick it up randomly and you're not entirely sure how it got into your collection like i got a uh, trade of it oh interesting i think it was from one of those dollar uh deal days with uh, half price books that makes sense mm-hmm. back in oh yeah but we were talking about ninjack so ninjack aka ninja k is uh colin king who's like pretty much batman except more issues and also he was trained by the government to become a ninja and i really like what they do here because by making him ambiguously british and japanese it sort of takes away the horrible part of oh yeah this british guy is the best ninja that there is remember when keanu was the best ninja that there ever was in 47 ronin luke why was he a ninja not a ronin in 47 ronin well i guess he was more of a ronin but remember when the but he was british so they basically pulled the same type of thing. That movie was bad. But Adam Warrock wrote a song about it. About how he was so hyped about the movie because of how many Ronin were going to be in it. I was excited for it too. Um, it didn't know if it wanted to be like a fantasy movie or not a fantasy movie. The answer was it should have been a straight up fantasy movie. It would have been like kind of great. Like how is it a not fantasy movie? Like it was ambiguous for like a lot of it. Like whether or not any of the monsters were real. And they tried to explain away like it was like them kind of seeing things. And then at the end, it was like, no, there's this witch who's like doing things. But the trailers were like really into the whole like monsters are appearing where for a lot of the stuff that they were fighting, it was just like generic dudes. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. And then at the end, she turns into a snake monster. and It's really fucking sweet. But oh, yeah, they showed that like in the trailers. Yeah. So that's what I thought the entire movie was going to be. And then it was not. A lot of it was just generic men. You go straight up wushu with that shit. Yeah. They even kind of explained away in a not horrible way why Keanu was there in the first place. So, like, they honestly could have made it work, but they didn't. And it was a bad and disappointing movie. In driving class, Amanda fails her digital driving test and is disappointed. She knows that homecoming is coming up, but she has never really seen herself as fitting in. Luckily, Faith is there with empanadas to help her out. Archer, meanwhile, is being chased by Eric for stealing snack cake and runs into Gillid. Uh, Gillard's brother Armstrong shows up to try and defuse the situation, and it turns into a scuffle, 
which is when the uh, principal Toyo Harada shows up and gets them to stop, but not before Gilad stands up to the principal, who has to just walk away from the situation. Meanwhile, Amanda finds a note in her locker from Eric telling her to meet tonight. Ooh. We then get a brief scene of Eric playing football as Peter Stanchek and Colin King watch, and Colin decides that he is going to he's all that Peter into becoming the homecoming king. He's all that is a fantastic movie for everyone who's not seen it. Eric Correction's more of she's all that rather. Yeah. But Freddie Prince. Yeah. Who do you think could get She's All Vatted in the Exiled team? Because I feel like nobody in the team actually has any problems with confidence, for it, better or worse. Definitely for, probably for worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of us could be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And then at night, Amanda goes to the school only to find that Charlene was waiting for her. In gym class the next day, where power use is mandatory, we've, uh... We see the students playing Blood Ball, which is pretty much uh, dodgeball with powers turned on, and we get Marie introduced to all the characters via Peter and Colin. During the game, Rx saves Amanda from an attack by Charlene, and we cut back to what happened last night. So Charlene obviously sent the note, but uh, Faith showed up and dragged Charlene into the sky to talk about like what she's doing, and Charlene confesses that she missed being a normal kid. And when she matured, Faith and Amanda left her behind, and she's not been handling it well. Faith ends up setting her down and flies off without a word to Amanda, and Amanda is now, in the next day, worried about what might have happened to her friend. And she's wondering if it might have been Charlene or Shadow Man, who is the creepy janitor. During Amanda's driving test, though, she ends up running into Principal Harada's car immediately after starting. And the test ends there. Meanwhile, Colin continues his he's all thatting of Peter and notes that he is trying to impress everyone. And Colin notes that his plan is to get Peter to impress everyone, and to do that he is going to need to figure out who the alpha male of the school is. Which is not Arik. And Peter gets a new outfit out of it. Amanda has to meet with Harada, who gives a whole speech about how everyone needs to work together, and Amanda is over analyzing it thinking that it's tying very personally into her when it's not necessarily and at the end she ends up asking Harada about Gilad and Harada simply says that he is a rough home life. Peter is then brought by Colin into Gilad's shack where they end up seeing uh, memorabilia since the start of the school back in the 1940s and that is when Gilad finds him. Uh, we then Flashback to Faith uh, when she suggested that Amanda asks Arik out, because chances are nobody has asked him out, and that whole friendship thing is on her mind. Amanda is still trying to look for Faith in the janitor's room, and she ends up finding his supercar. Meanwhile, Colin and Peter are looking at the old yearbooks with Gillard, who is having a good time with him. And he talks about how he came to the school during the 90s, which is when Valiant started publishing their own original titles with his brothers, and they were tasked to save the school from some ancient evil. Recently, though, Gillard has felt abandoned since his brother Armstrong has been hanging out with Archer, but his mission goes on. Amanda finds out that the janitor goes by Mr. D, and the car is called Ginger, which is normally a sentient spaceship for the armor hunters, and they end up hearing this strange noise as energy constructs inhabit the football outfits, uniforms, 
And uh, they call out Gillid. So Colin, Peter, Gillid, Mr. D, and Amanda show up. Followed by Arik, who is able to summon a giant-ass energy sword. They're able to kick the butts of the constructs. And Amanda wants to ask Arik out. But she gets surprised when he actually knows her name and ends up kissing him instead. And we then see that the residual energy has inhabited Manny the Man of War mascot. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, I do like that there is a lot of stuff, but you you get enough through the caption boxes, which is a good way of, like, rotating all these characters. I agree. You have what's important and what isn't for the story. Oh, definitely agreed. I'll say, though, this is where I thought it would got... I, in my opinion, I felt like this series actually should have been a couple issues longer. Because I thought we went from having a, like, kind of just like your general teen drama to something is inhabiting school uniforms a little too quickly um maybe i mean they made references to a big evil or i guess maybe they should have introduced that there was sort of a threat before yeah because uh, more of it was we went from threat there's a threat that we have to protect to bam suits are now evil but i mean it is resolved quickly it's not something that for the most part carries over so i have less of an issue with it so what's the issue? It's the big part of the last issue. Yeah, but I mean, that's the big climax. Yeah. No, I agree. i just saying I think it might have helped to have spread it out a little bit more over the all the issues, because it didn't really appear until issue three, which is when that first started. Well, I agree with you, Devin. Valiant should give more issues to Daniel Kibblesmith to write. Yeah. Oh, no, because I really liked it, but I just thought it should have been spread out a little bit more. Anyways, the uh, next day, Amanda sees Faith back at school. Arik is stuck thinking about Amanda, and when Torque tries to mess with Archer by chucking a football at him, Archer is able to catch it, and Armstrong stands up to Torque for messing with his buddy. What is Archer's power, Luke? So, normally Archer was raised by, like, a hyper-conservative family mm -hmm. and was taught all these different styles of fighting, because if I recall, they were going to, like, use this army of super-trained kids, and they, the family, like, adopted all these kids from around the world uh they were going to basically be super assassins and take over the world and be this new government oh, okay but here it seems more like archer is autistic in a way oh yeah i definitely got that yeah i wasn't sure only just because it was more of it was the way he caught the football and then armstrong says you didn't see anything it was like i wasn't sure if that was like a power he was using uh, no, he's just very, very talented at what he does. Okay. Yeah. Archer Armstrong is one of those ones that I, like, got the first few volumes of it. It's fun. It's very much an immortal drunk guy and a clean-cut teen go and, uh, have adventures. And, nice. uh, it's like, uh, The Da Vinci Code, except with more action and less Tom Hanks. I guess that could work. Everything needs Tom Hanks, though, Luke. Mm-hmm. So Faith meets up with Amanda, and uh, she says that she just had to take a mental health day, and Amanda tries to guilt her for not being there when she needed it, and Faith is like, no, you don't let people in, and, like, you try and keep things to yourself, and so you end up following stupid notes and almost getting beaten up, and Faith is worried that Amanda's going to eventually leave her behind, and they end up hugging it out because they both expressed their emotions and because they are both friends and Amanda catches Faith up on everything else that she missed. 
Colin sets Peter out to run into Chris, who compliments his jacket, but she also doesn't know what his name is. And as Amanda and Faith rush back into class, Faith literally runs into Colin and they have a meet-cute. And as Amanda is watching this, Arik approaches her. <gasps> I'm pretty happy with the shipping that goes on in this. To me, here, this is the thing that I wish that I had just like known the characters a little bit more because I honestly thought Colin was going to be secretly evil the entire time. Because he is like rich and handsome. Yeah, well, and even just like the way he like he was like trying to he, like sh- he's all that basically. I thought there was gonna be like some like weird evil motive. Have there been any stories where there is an evil he's all thatting? I mean, that's what they're in the point of she's all that was. Freddie Prince was kind of being a dick. I I, I guess, but not Have you seen like that movie. I've seen not another teen movie which uses that. Yeah. But it's like the entire point of like the jock is trying to make the weird awkward kid pretty, but they're not really telling him that that's a, a thing. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I we thought don't he was see... going to use it for like his own personal like thing and like to, like humiliate him or something for like his own personal shits and giggles. That's weird, Devin. That's weird. No, because that was like the whole bet of she of she's all that, and then when she finds out that the bet was there, then she gets all upset. But I don't necessarily think it works if we don't know that he's doing it and that's his motivation because like at least in that's another teen movie we see why he's doing it and we see that he's doing it to become a jerk but ultimately he becomes a better person through his interactions and he realizes but that's the other thing too about the fact that what's it called that they didn't establish that there's this weird evil thing from the beginning that was going to try to destroy the school because i thought he was going to be the villain interesting well, you heard us, Daniel Kibblesmith. Yeah. All right, and that's my own fault for like not actually knowing anything about Valiant, but... And specifically, Ninja... So it's finally the big homecoming game against Ivy Academy and their football team, The Vine, which are the dudes who Exo Manowar typically steals his armor from. And uh, Amanda got to talk to Arik earlier, and Arik talked about how uh, before he played football, he was made fun of for his accent and being different. But when he started playing, he found his place, and now he fights for the team. And he asks what Amanda fights for and what her armor is. Arik told her it wasn't cool that she kissed him. Yeah. Arik then goes to make a run for the final point in overtime, but he gets knocked out and the team loses, and he is horribly disheartened by this loss. Meanwhile, we see that Woody, who is Eric's brother, reveals that he was in the Manny the Manowar costume the entire time, but the rest of the school is really sad and disappointed. Uh, during prom, Colin and Faith are excited homecoming. to be on. I went to neither of those. During homecoming, uh, Colin and Faith are excited to be on a date. And Colin, in the meantime, has set up Amanda and Peter, which is just awkward. At the dance, Eric goes to talk to Woody in the mini costume that is uh, out on the dance floor, but he finds that Woody is not actually in that costume. Woody's there by himself, just hanging out. Uh, Colin notes that Chris is dating Charlene, uh, who was the recipient of the butt-sniffing text, and when Peter goes to talk to her, She's like, yeah, I'm queer, you never really asked, and you should ask women what they think about instead of just, like, building up this own narrative in your head. 
but that requires emotional maturity mm-hmm. and not having horrific fears about messing with friendships or not having friendships or whatever it is. Yep. It's easy to write advice. It's hard to live the advice that you write. Agreed. Teens are garbage. Teens are garbage, uh, children. Mm-hmm. So Principal Harada gives a speech, which... Is that something that happens at homecoming dances? Yes. Oh, wait, no. Not of mine. Yeah, I went to, like, one dance in junior high school and ended up using it mostly to make money from renting out my locker as a cheaper alternative to the coat check. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall the principal saying anything at prom either. Anyways, he's uh, interrupted by the immortal enemy who was possessing the Manny the Man of War costume. Rod prepares to attack because he's full up on powers, but the enemy ends up taking all the power inhibitor badges that the students have on them and applies them to Harada, sapping his powers. Gilad goes to fight with uh, the main character stepping up to fight along with him, except for Amanda who runs off. Archer shows off his fighting skills, and I do like that they sort of reference the uh, different fighting styles, which is something used in the Archer and Armstrong comics. Oh, okay. And Amanda goes to grab Ginger. Uh, Gilad calls up Arik to help, but he doesn't have his armor, and his confidence is horribly shaken but that's when amanda shows up in ginger which has turned into a battle suit which is her armor because this school is something she's willing to fight for peter supplies everyone with weapons and the entire class attacks peter ends up dubbing colin ninjack because he's a ninja with a k because uh colin kept saying that because he meant it more like knight yeah k-n-i-n-g-a but i like that as an origin for ninja or for Ninjak, because in the comics it's he's the like eleventh or twelfth whatever letter of the alphabet K is. He's the that th ninja, which also means there's like ninjad and nin jazz or ninja ninjar. But I stopped reading the Ninjak series that was coming out of the time because I thought it was a bit slow. Anyways. Uh, the eternal enemy gets defeated, Harada is freed, and Mr. D is able to capture the enemy's spirit. In a jar. Uh, yes. Amanda is elected homecoming queen because Faith called for a show of hands votes because all the real results were destroyed. Gilad is voted as the king, and they all leave better than they were before. And that's the end of Valiant High. Which, you know, I mean, it's a very fun, contained, all-in-one story this is what i wish that what's it called was heroes was well this one actually got to end yeah yeah this one actually was like superheroes in school that's what i thought heroes was going to be yeah and instead it was oh there's a weird conspiracy going on and like two of them are heroes yeah i mean eventually all of them i guess were supposed to be but yeah, no, this works a lot more effectively. Like, you have the clear premise of where they're going, and you don't need time to develop it out or build this mystery. Because if you're doing a book about teenage superheroes, you don't need to hide that there are going to be teenage superheroes in it. Yeah, exactly. So, good job, Daniel Kibble Smith and Derek Charm. Yes, very good job. I'd want a sequel. Me too. Which they hinted I'd want to write a sequel. Prom, which is why I said. It would correct you for homecoming. Valiant High.
prom coming. Uh, yeah, we can put this on our Trials of the Multiverse. Are you ready, Devin? I'm ready, Luke. Opening up that chart of Trials of the Multiverse. I really like the series. Like, I don't have a lot of things against it. I think it's something where I'm interested in checking out some of the characters that I didn't know about before. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very effective. How do you feel about it compared to Lil Gotham Universe? It's better than Lil Gotham. Most definitely. Like, it's already... Uh, okay, let's compare to our highest-ranked teen-related series, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Only because of length, I would still give it to Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. I do wish yeah. that there was more of it, of this one. Mm-hmm. So I would personally put it right under that. Yeah, I'm fine putting it right above All-Star Superman at our new uh, number eight spot. So Earth, question mark, Valiant, High, Universe. Congrats, Daniel. You're in the top ten. Bam. And uh, we put out the call for questions, and we got a question from Xavier Files. Of course. At Xavier Files on the Twitter. Because we can always trust on him to send us in a question. And his question is, what era of Valiant worked the best? And I guess there's like a few main eras. Because there was the original one before they were publishing their own books. Then there was when it was Valiant full on and they were having their own original stuff. And then there was when Acclaim, I think it was, ended up buying them out. That's why there were the Acclaim video games using Valiant characters like Tarak, the Dinosaur Hunter. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Where was Tarak in this book? And uh, then when Acclaim collapsed, the rights for the characters lapsed. And it was back in 2012 when uh, some investors ended up buying it back because they liked the characters and started the whole new publishing. And I feel like this whole new publishing level is probably the best in terms of like quality, diversity... Because, like, it's... I know some people are really big fans of the old books. I haven't had a chance to read as many of them. But I feel like there's something for everybody in a more realistic way and more than just, like, oh, well, here's a book for guys who like superhero stories. Here's a book for guys who like uh, mysteries. Here's a book for guys who like sci-fi stuff. Here's a book for guys who like comedy. And now it's like, oh, yeah, here's a book with a powerful, like, female character and with body diversity and here's a weird sci-fi paranormal book and like they just have a better variety of stuff for all sorts of readers oh yeah yeah no they like have like a very nice like wide selection Mm -hmm. and like generally they're very clear about uh what everything is so yeah i yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the series. It was very good, very strong. I want to read it all day long. Uh, yeah, that was the only question we got in this week. What other, uh, like, Valiant stuff are you interested in? Or do you want me to make you some recommendations? Sure. Valiant Comics. I haven't had a chance to read it. My friend, he lent me all the Divinity books that have come out. I have not read any of those. I do have the Valiant role-playing game, weirdly enough. Interesting. 
Uh, so yeah, the uh, Delinquents is something that I've read and I really enjoyed. That's the Archer and Armstrong, Quantum and Woody team up where they are traveling for a treasure that was written on a on the butt of a hobo. Nice. I keep hearing good things about Faith. I've not had a chance to read that one. Yeah, me neither. I see it a lot because my local comic store had one of those special variant covers that's exclusive to our store. Uh, Ivar Timewalker was very good. That's sort of like, what if Doctor Who was evil and also a jerk? Uh, oh, it's Ninja- Doctor Who. Except he's more overtly uh, lawful or chaotic okay. evil even more. Uh, Ninjak, I read a few issues and that was fine. I want to read Quantum and Woody. Uh, Archer and Armstrong, I am a really big fan of. Um, yeah, that's like all of it that I've read but it's one of those things where every year when I go to that uh, like uh, Christmas sale at the old comic shop I used to go to mm-hmm. they always have like a bunch of uh, Valiant High books and so I'll just give those as gifts and people are generally like oh this sounds cool nice Valiant send us comics and we will definitely do episodes on it for real call me Alan Valiant Stanley Valiant or actual people who uh, are in charge because I mean that'd be a fun it was apparently founded by Jim Shooter I didn't know that oh yeah Shooter had his hand in a lot of this because it was uh, sort of the second attempt at uh, the whatchamacallit universe yeah new universe yes that's that was the one yeah, that sort of wraps us up for this week. Uh, next week on Multiversal Q, we are going to be covering... Question mark. Oh, uh, Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four. Oh, cool. And then Heroes Reborn. Yes. Oh, God, Heroes Reborn. So, uh, Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever your system is. If you want to send us in questions or suggestions on what to read, you can do this. You can do that at multiversalq at gmail.com, no spaces. Or you can visit our website, multiversalq, where you can see things like our Trials of the Multiverse list and other very, very good things, uh, including our secret best butts in the multiverse list, which comic people writing multiverse stories add in more comments about butts. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, I have a Patreon where you can support me doing all of the editing work and hosting and such, which is helpful because I recently changed jobs, and so I've got a weird period of not having much money. Hooray. Hooray! Hooray! But, uh, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fred O'Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, at LukeHair.com, which I'll probably be updating soon with links where you can buy my comics and uh, other places online. Generally, Twitter is the easiest way to reach either of us. But uh, we will be back next week for Grant Morrison writing the Fantastic Four in a series that is generally thought of as... Eh. We'll see you then. This one's... For Manny the Man of War.
Peace.